Hello, hello, my dear audience. Hello, my friends. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. I am back to New York from London, and sorry to inform you, I have a cold, so you may hear it. I apologize if my voice is kind of raspy. I picked up something in the plane, or maybe last day in London, because Sunday when I landed uh, in New York, I already felt a little bit not so great. Uh, but I thought it was a jet lag. Well, I'm grateful that all 10 days in London, I felt wonderful. My daughter and I did a lot of fun things, went to the galleries, just walked on the beautiful streets. She introduced me to many of her friends. And all I have to tell you, such good young people. It was nice to see she surrounded herself with good people. I really enjoyed my trip. But then you may ask, what's the story with the cold? You, Peter, you may say, teach that there is meaning to everything that happens in your body. And here you got a cold at the end of a pleasant trip. Uh, not a terrible cold, by the way, but nevertheless, bad enough that I had to cancel all my appointments today. Of course, uh, my appointment with you, ladies and gentlemen, I did not cancel. I'm always looking forward to talking to you. Yes, I did think about it, about the meaning of this cold. I thought of several possibilities. And one uh, is, in my mind, I was planning to share with you. In fact, I was planning to share with you when I would land, when you would come after London, uh, that uh, in the last three years, and if you remember three, I told you three years ago, I had kind of brutal COVID infection and uh, was not in a good place. And after that, I decided to strengthen my immune system by following uh, the practice of Wim Hof. You remember I invited him two and a half years ago to this show. Uh, the guy who ran a marathon uh, barefoot and bare-chested in Arctic Circle. And of course, I'm not planning to run in the Arctic Circle, but I uh, did my morning routine, at least for the first 20, 25 minutes, either in the park, in my shorts and, and T-shirt, either in the park or on my terrace, no matter what the temperature was which means even if it was 20 degrees, 22 degrees um, Fahrenheit, still I would exercise. And in the last three years, I did not get a single cold. So I was planning to tell you this uh, when, when three years would happen. And that's exactly at the, in the beginning of May, I thought it would be three years. So I was planning to tell you this. And well, what can I tell you? Maybe God is trying to keep me humble or reminds me that with the physical efforts only, one cannot be assured of health. So there might be some emotional components which I'm not aware of yet. And perhaps I will receive messages in a night dream, but consciously I cannot see, I cannot understand now the message. Uh, perhaps I will figure it out later. Or perhaps I never will. You know, as my professor in graduate school, Dr. Chazen, said, anything can happen and does. He said two things only 
which got chiseled in my mind. And that's why I remember after all these decades, I remember his name. Uh, he also said, uh, every person needs a cookie at the end of the day. Every person needs a cookie at the end of the day. That brings us to our show and tell part about the cookie that I get at the end of my day. I love if I'm, it's not only at the end of the day, if I have a break for half an hour or I have some leisure time, maybe in the evening, I go on the computer and I listen to America or Britain Got Talent. I don't know if you, uh, how many people watch it, but I think it's absolutely fantastic. So many incredible talents, so many uh, magicians, singers, dancers. Wow, what an incredible performances. You know, I don't go to, uh, to shows, I don't go on, on per, to see performances of great uh, singers. I, not crazy about going into the crowd and um, it's super expensive. It just, it doesn't make sense for me. Um, but, but I love this uh, America Got Talent. They are, they are absolutely incredible. And what I wanted to share with you is about one of the talents that I heard sing and she names herself, her singing name is Nightbird. But in reality, her name is Jane Marjewski probably of Polish descent, but she grew up in Ohio and um, at, of what is 23, 19, 2023, in 2017, she was diagnosed uh, with breast cancer. And when I saw her performing, it was 2021, and she sang a song that she wrote, It's Okay. And it was so touching. It was so moving. People were crying in the audience. And I think two out of four judges were crying. And she was so beautiful. She almost lost all her hair. She was emaciated. It looked very skinny, but but smiled and, and was speaking before she sang this song. She was speaking with such uh, kindness and love for life. Uh, I remember 2000, uh, when she performed the first time, uh, she was, uh, it was 2021 and she, it was just like right in the middle of COVID or in the beginning. And it seems that people, it, it touched everyone what she was saying about going through difficulties and saying, it's okay. This is part of life and 200 million people watched that clip, 200 million people. So, and then um, the, the story about uh, Nightbird is that her cancer went into remission and then in 2022, uh, no, 2019 came back with much greater strength. She had cancer in liver, lungs, bones, and she died. Uh, it was, I don't know, even know why I wanted to share it with you. She said so beautifully, uh, 
you cannot wait till life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. And when she appeared uh, on this show, she, she seemed very happy. And in spite of that pain, and you could say, well, she put on the mask. But no, then she was interviewed several times and Simon and, and his judges actually contacted her one time. She could not compete anymore, even though she received this golden buzzer that catapults her into live performances. She could not do it because she was fading away. Uh, but they, it was very moving also. They contacted her at home before uh, next audition, before the show in the beginning of the, the getting these auditions on one one of the days and she was still not scared full of love and hope and she died on the 20 uh in, in 2019 yes no in february 22 yes this feb uh february 22 she died december 31st yeah. So what a beautiful, beautiful human being. If you, uh, if you're interested in hearing her, if you want your heart to be touched, go on YouTube and write uh, Nightbird, and you will see that beautiful human being. Anyway, um, now we go back to the subject that I told you will continue. We started last week, uh, talking about the faces of fear. And we spoke, I spoke to you so far about three fears, if I remember correctly, I will be hurt, I will fail, and I will be all alone. As I was thinking about what we covered, and what is ahead of us, I thought that of, of the teachings of the Buddha, which began with words, life is difficult. And if one starts with the premise or believe that things must be uh, fair, must be easy, are they in trouble? Oh, not, somebody just came to my mind, I have to tell you. Uh, maybe some of you heard about psychologist Dr. Albert Ellis. I studied his work and attended some of his lectures uh, somewhere in late or mid mid nineties. Uh, he died at the rape, uh, ripe age of uh, ninety three, and he came up with this approach called rational emotive therapy. It's kind of an offshoot of cognitive therapy, and he had. I remember him singing this a little song. He, he created little songs. When I met him, he was, uh, I think, in his late 80s. Uh, I remember him singing, life must be easy, people must be caring, but if they don't please me, I am most despairing. I cannot take the slightest bit of thrive, so I demand an easy life. I think his singing also was as bad as mine, but you understand the point. So his attitude was, you know, if you expect that life will be easy, that everything will be fine, you will be terribly disappointed. Life is a challenge. So, um, so we'll deal with this now, the four other 
challenges, four other fears. Uh, and the fear, this, uh, as I said to you in the beginning of this, uh, talking about this subject, we're not talking about specific fears like phobias, phobias, fear of dogs, you know, or fear of mice or cockroaches. No, these are existential fears. So number four fear uh, is I will lose those I love. Well, yes, you will. Uh, once I mentioned the Buddha, um, another story told by Buddha's followers comes to my mind. Remember, the, the Buddha never wrote, or his real name was Prince Gautama. Um, he never wrote anything. It's only his students, after his death, wrote um, his teachings. In fact, those of you who are interested, you know, he was a regular man. He didn't claim to be God. Uh, when he was asked, are you God? He laughed. Uh, are you a great spirit? And he laughed. He said, no, I'm just awake. He was a regular human being and died like all normal human beings. He, in fact, he died from food poisoning. Uh, he ate something in a whatever it was they had there, a restaurant, or they, he and his students ate, and he ate something that made him vomit, he felt terribly, he was dying, and he asked uh, his students not to be angry at a person who served them food. That's it. So anyway, I will lose those I love. So the story is one day a woman came to Prince Gautama and said, Master, people say that you relieve their pain, uh, that you help them to survive in the most horrific circumstances. But what can, how can you help me? I just lost a child. And the Buddha said, yes, I can help you, but only after you perform one task. And she said, what is it? I cannot leave. I will do anything you say. And he said, I want you to bring to me a mustard seed from a family that never had loss. And so the woman left. And after one year, she came back and, of course, became one of his greatest female followers because she understood during that year of traveling and going from home to home that there was no family that could give her that mustard seed because there was no family that never had loss. So, and it's interesting because in our modern times, the, the Buddha lived some, a long time ago, uh, 26 years, 2600 years ago. Uh, but in our modern times, there was a research done on people who live over the age of 100. I think it was done uh, at Stanford. And they studied the, the circumstances in which people live, their attitudes, kind of physical, mental, and emotional um, characteristics or, or conditions in which they lived. And what they found was that uh, all these people have four things in common. 
with one being the most important. Um, so they were all active. Two, they found meaning in their activity. Three, they were all optimists. And four, and all, all these people attributed that particular characteristic to, uh, to them living longer lives. That's their ability to let go. And if you think our whole life is about letting go, in order to go to elementary school, you have to let go of your kindergarten teacher. In order to go to middle school, then uh, high school, if you have to let go of your friends from middle school and then graduating from high school, you have to let go. It. Maybe you were a cheerleader, maybe you were best football player, you have to let go of it. You don't know what will happen. You have to make a leap into uncertainty and go to college or go to work. And you don't know what will happen if you will ever get that comfort that you had uh, being in the previous place. You have to let go. And then you have to let go of friends. I don't know if I told you, ladies and gentlemen, do I? You know, with age, you recognize when you are very young, you think you have 50 friends. Like at one point, I asked my daughter, how many friends, good friends you have? And maybe she was 15 or 14, and she counted, 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 and said 12, maybe 13. But, you know, as you go through life, and circumstances happen, Conflicts happen. Realize not every person you thought was your friend was a friend. It was just an acquaintance sometimes. Accidental traveler along your road. So I, call, I called my close friends, friend only three people in my life. Uh, and they're all dead. They're all dead. Three men one from military, one from my childhood, and one that I met here in America uh, 40 years ago, and they're all dead. And, you know, I am what they called the only man standing. Uh, but I, I made new friends. But uh, that's the reality. You, I have to move on, and I believe in continuity of consciousness. So I believe that I will meet my friends in different realm, not in the physical form. But for now, you know, I mention them, I mention sometimes them to my friends, or sometimes I think about them. And then I move on. I believe I learned the skill of letting go the same thing with relationships. Uh, the same thing with different endeavors. It's very important to learn to let go, particularly in, with people, because that's our biggest pain, losing people that we love. And because that was um, the fear I mentioned, I will lose those I love. And the answer is, yes, you will. And you have to agree with that. This is the reality of life. And live with that understanding and celebrate. And if you really, really love those people, and you know that sooner or later you will lose them or they will lose you, celebrate the relationship. Tell them you love them. Show them your love. 
very often it's nice for people to hear that they're loved but to me love is a verb it's acting in a loving way so it's good tell them but most most of all act in a loving way so that's all uh, number five a fear is i will waste my life i will waste my life it's about purpose and finding purpose uh, and that brings me to a question that my friend carol from brooklyn asked already two years ago she called in and asked a question what is the purpose of life uh, and each person i believe needs to to answer this question i believe there is a purpose i believe um we we come into this world what my teacher of blessed memory colette said to climb the ladder of ourselves to become the best we can be and how do you know what you need to deal with this what part of yourself you need to work on um it's that it's quite simple identify what bothers you the most what is a repeated pattern in your life what is the most the biggest obstacle in your life or what irritates you the most uh, and that's your answer you need to conquer anger in you you need to create relationships uh, that don't that trigger positive feelings at times just ending relationships which are toxic at times working on relationships that you don't want to let go of but remembering that this is your purpose if if your issue is anger if somebody tells you often you are angry and not one person but many people or several people pay attention don't say oh that's me take it or leave it no this is people who are distressed with you people who you know there is a saying you don't learn from friends we learn from enemies why because friends love you and they praise you and they're happy with you it's the enemies uh, and i don't mean enemies it's not, not only it's maybe people who are critical of you if they're critical most of the time they don't make up something totally from nothing they take a quality and exaggerate possibly that quality but pay attention and ask yourself is there any truth to it so there is something else about uh, not wasting your life finding the purpose uh, i read recently no i don't think i read no no i listen i listened to a clip by rabbi lord jonathan sachs uh, a former chief of the all congregation hebrew con congregation of the com british commonwealth and he spoke about finding the purpose and he said something very interesting he said combine what you want with what 
needs to be done. Combine what you want with what needs to be done. That is, think of what your inclinations are. That's very good. But also think of what needs to be done in the country or in the time that you are living with. What can be uh, the most beneficial to people? And he says, when you combine that, when you combine your uh, your own your effort to become the best, but also uh, keep in mind of what people need, you create space where God dwells. That's his words. And I, I thought a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's regarding not wasting your life, making you, it meaningful. Uh, and I hope uh, some of you can call actually and, and share with how they found meaning in their life. Because it's an ongoing uh, process and many people live for 30, 40, for 50 years and, and don't know what the purpose. They make a living, they have to support the family. And they don't know the purpose, and and there is no right or wrong way of living. You know, people do the best they can. Like I said in the beginning, life is challenging, life is difficult. So, excuse me. That's my ginger tea. Uh, Yes. So the, the next fear is I will be old and unwanted. I will be old and unwanted. Well, to be wanted, I mentioned to you many times already in many shows, and today, my teacher, Colette, she was old and wanted. How was she wanted? Why was she wanted? She taught her last, last class, uh, she was 94, uh, three weeks before she turned 95. She taught her last class, said, thanks for coming to everyone, said, be happy. Everybody left. And she ate her lunch, closed her eyes, and died. I just, yes, somebody they just wrote to me from the studio, are you taking any callers today? Yes. Uh, you're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're welcome to call. Um, and I will take your calls, uh, particularly if we talk about the purpose of life and all fears about these existential fears uh, that, that we're dealing with. So... Uh, now, how, how, why uh, Colette was, why did she live so long before, first of all? She wasn't always so happy uh, because we all needed her. We needed her as much as she needed us. Uh, I, by, by the way, I got a call from Gina from New York, so I will take the call now. Gina, welcome. You're on the air. Good afternoon, Dr. Resnick. Good afternoon, Gina. Thank you for taking my call. Um, this is, you hit on a couple of things that have been running around in my head, and I hesitated to call you and ask you, but you mentioned the word um, 
purpose and happiness. Yes. And, and I've been wrestling with this, um, I guess, as close as I get, the closer you get to your mortality or whatever the word might be. And I want to know, with your insight and knowledge, what is God's purpose for us humans? And happiness. Do, are we chasing happiness? Is it a, it's futile or is it, I use the word enjoyment. This is like, I've always really, something had told me from young to enjoy my life and I've always enjoyed every almost everything I did. I didn't do anything I didn't enjoy, but I, and I always tried to be helpful for people. That that made, gave me joy to help other people. And so I'm, I'm wrestling with this and I have, I don't live life with fear. We've talked about this before and fear. I never, I've always basically, I learned to face my fears, but you know what I do have a fear? I, what is it? Not fear of death, not fear of crossing over, but the unknown. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm such a control freak. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the club. <laughs> well, no, yes, it's true. But for with that, myself, you know, with myself, not other people, with myself. <laughs> yeah. Gina, well, there are different texts. And also these days, there are also experiments that show that, that they give you an idea of what, of what to expect. Meaning, for example, we, we don't know exactly, since there are so many different accounts, we don't know exactly what will happen in a transition period, because people transition from this life to the different life differently. But what we know is that these other lives exist, that we live many incarnations. In, in some of my shows, I spoke about doing past life regressions using hypnosis, and the many, many, many doctors did past life regression. So we for sure know there are successive lives. So how we transition, uh, it's almost, it's almost like if you agree, you know, you say, I am afraid of uncertainty. But you live in, in uncertainty all the time. If you think that you live in certainty, you live in an illusion. Life is uncertainty. We don't know if we wake up tomorrow. We don't know if some terrorist will not blow up himself or herself next to us and we die. We don't know if we will not be hit by a car. All that is happening. 170,000 people died in 2017 from accidental deaths, whether falling, being poisoned by food, being hit by a car, being in a car accident, 170,000. We constantly live. You have to accept as an adult that life is uncertainty, and then mm-hmm. is a, the, the transition is uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell only uh, say uh, that, you know, I don't know if you listen to that show where I spoke about my experience uh, of going into the blackness. Most people say mm-hmm. they go th- to blackness and, and then to the light those who describe mm-hmm. near-death experiences. But when I had my experience with COVID, and for for 11 days I had fever, 103, 103 and a half, uh, and I was like going into this fainting spell where I would just lose myself. And then the last 
last of these days, last episode, I suddenly went into the blackness. Mm -hmm. I remember it was, and, and I never had experience like this in my life. Suddenly I was aware. I was in total blackness. I had no fear. And, uh, and the blackness was loving. And how can you, how can blackness be loving? But I felt <laughs> that love so much so that I, frankly, you know, I'm not ashamed of it, but I forgot about my children. Because when that blackness spoke to me and said, are you ready? I was started crying there, not with tears, but somehow I felt I was crying and saying, are you kidding? I'm so grateful. I am ready. I am so grateful for all the opportunities. And I'm telling you, I was ready to go to the other side. Uh, and what, what, when I came back to life, what I realized is, why? how come that I didn't think about my children? They will suffer. They need me. No, I forgot about my children. It was such a loving, loving space. And but then, you know, this blackness said to me, but we're not ready for you and so on. And the rest is history. <laughs> but that if but if it would be my time, then I would probably go from that blackness to the light. What that's mm -hmm. what people describe. And then once you're in the light, usually you're met by people who deceased who are already on the other side. And it's a beautiful experience. And, and then you go from what I studied. Then you go through uh, uh, what would be called uh, review. That is, you see different situations in you, and I don't know, different traditions mm -hmm. give you different idea, but you go through review of your life, and you see how all the actions that you took affected you and other people, what possibilities you missed on because you turned one direction rather than the other and so on. And that's what some people identify as suffering, mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. they feel shame or regret about actions. Nobody, I, I never heard, at least in my tradition, that you're burning in hell and, and you know, you, you, you're being tortured. You torture yourself. You feel shame and regret about mm -hmm. Uh, ch choices that you made. That's my understanding. If if this okay. is your concern, Gina, you can also read about past lives. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think it's a bad experience. Gina. Well, talking about past lives, I I'm, I'm pretty sure that I <clears throat> I had um, at least I recall one or two past lives. I mean, I, certain things pop up. I said that had to come from my past life. You know what I mean? Yeah, that intuition, that instinct. And talking about crossing over, I didn't have COVID, but um, I had um, artery plaque in my arteries, and I really didn't know it. But I did, I was declining. I'm going to make this as fast as possible. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, you're getting older, so you're slowing down, blah, 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 blah. Certain things were happening. All of a sudden, one morning, I kept saying, I don't feel well. I'm tired and this, uh, I go to get up and I didn't see black I saw like a smoky a smoky cloudy color uh -huh. and and I was very peaceful as you said I was very but in my ear said go get the cayenne pepper mm. and I went and got the cayenne pepper uh -huh. I put it put it under my tongue 
and I felt the, the opening of my arteries from my top of my head to my toes. And the only one I can think think of, think about that is my good friend Gary Knoll. Okay. Uh. <laughs> and I say that because I've known him for thirty five years, and I follow him religiously. If anybody had a guru, he's my guru, and that you know. Mm. But and this only happened. This happened about two years ago. And um, as I said, I I knew I did. I didn't feel well, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I would have been gone. I would have been gone if that. The voice in my ear said, go get the K-I'm Peppa. Right. And when I did, then after that, I realized, I realized what was going on. It was my arteries, the black clock in my arteries. So I did, I, I did, every, I've done everything I can to clean up my, my arteries. And, uh, wow. and not that I didn't have a good diet, but from, from young, you see the ice cream like crazy. I was a ice cream junkie. You know, and uh, but I gave up um, um, milk products a long time ago. But it's just lifestyle. It was just lifestyle. You get to a point where your your arteries do this, not unless you've been pristine from from young young. But uh, it catches up with you, and so I had a similar experience that you had, and I did hesitate to mention this because I didn't want to sound hokey. But that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, but you see, they, whoever was telling it to you, they know the content of your consciousness. They know that you are aware of that pepper. But, uh, but what happens is, in the moment, you forget everything. So you needed to be reminded of something that you had in your pantry. You see, somebody needed to remind you. It means it wasn't your time. That's all. Something else about purpose of life. I think that some people need to learn just to celebrate life. Sometimes yeah. they're given an opportunity just to to enjoy, just to celebrate life. I, I think that mm-hmm. I was definitely given that opportunity. You remember I mentioned mm-hmm. that uh, this voice, this blackness said to me, go, we're not ready for you. I will tell you, and I, I, I already spoke on other uh, shows mm-hmm. about it, uh, the, the, the blackness said to me, go and learn to live without fear. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I, I'm not afraid of anything. But no, mm-hmm. only after this three, now in the last three years, I realized how many fears I did have. Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> since then, I've been living a much happier life. I enjoy, mm-hmm. I celebrate everything that happens. I wake up in the morning and I say, thank you, God, I can mm-hmm. breathe, I'm awake, I'm alive. <laughs> Same thing, and I talk to my guardian angels, whoever they are, all the time. Thank you for this beautiful day. And, yes, uh, yes. So that's it. That. That's it. What, what's going on with your voice? I didn't hear the beginning of the program. Why do you sound all bogged down with phlegm? Oh, yeah, because I, I got a cold. I, you know, oh. I got a cold. I spoke about it in the beginning of the program, yes. I, I, I was I in London, and prob- I, I probably caught something at the last day uh, in London or even in a plane because I landed and I felt kind of doubt the weather. But, but it's okay. every time you travel, you come back and you have something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, right? it's okay. You know, I'm alive. I can talk. I'm talking no, to you. Can. Thank God. <laughs> well, you you know who to, you know who to listen to the you know yeah Gary Null yes I'm going to actually uh, I'm going to be in Texas God willing two weeks from now Gary Null invited me to to run a program with him 
You're going to be where you can get a good detox. Take advantage of it. <laughs> right. I will. Thank you, Gina. Thank you for okay, calling. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Gina, I, I know Gina, she already called before too, and I love I love receiving your calls, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Gina made my day. <clears throat> oh, somebody else. Daryl from the Bronx. Oh, wonderful. Daryl from the Bronx, you're on the air. Thank you so much for taking thank you so much for taking my call. Hi Daryl. Yes, thank you for calling. Well, my understanding, well, first of all, I want to thank, and this is really bizarre for me, I was born into a family that practiced Christianity. I live in New York City, so we went to the Abyssinian Baptist Church, and I knew all the stories and all of that. And then I discovered, um, I would imagine it would be called um the prosperity gospel um through frederick casey price and then i began to actually read parts of the whole christian holy bible um i noticed that the emphasis was mostly on um the judaic bible because of the stories and because of the ability to um better manage folks if they fail to really read the scripture carefully. Mm -hmm. And currently what I'm focusing on are two letter the two verses expanded out in um first Peter uh in which Peter writes um one you are healed and two cast all your cares on I am Agape the Father Yahweh, in that I am Agape the Father Yahweh cares for you. Now, if you take those two verses, mm -hmm. and then you look at the average person's response to their environment, um, what I find interesting for me is consciously I'm able to play it out. So I say, well, if I'm already healed, and I'm experiencing all of these um, characteristic symptoms, what is it that I'm failing to adjust to in my environment in order to manifest what I've already been given? Mm -hmm. So if I'm manifesting something other than, and, and that's taking the context that you believe that there is a creator and that the creator has created everything. And then as you read into the text, um, the, the Christian text, as I understand it, that, the the main reason I became, a, and I'm using Christian in in the in the more normal sense, rather than the uh, what I view is is that it's one straight text according to Jesus. So mm -hmm. he's the fulfillment of the um, of the the prophecies of the past, and then uh, after his death you then get the benefits of being out of karma. Um, what's the problem? Daryl, you, you, you moved, I'm sorry for interrupting you. You moved to a different subject, but I would love to hear what you said, how you understand about uh, the, the healing. How do you uh, become healed even though you still 
you still have the symptoms. I know Jesus also says, ask and you shall be answered, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. So basically the idea is I, um, you knock, you say, oh, heal me, and then you're healed. But then physical body is more dense than the spiritual body. How do you transition? You started speaking about it. Would you expand on it, please? How do you transition from having the faith that you are healed to getting rid of um, of physical symptoms? I would love to hear that. What I would what I would suggest is this: when he made the the uh, when he gave the advice of knock, he was alive. Would you agree with me there? I, I didn't understand. I'm sorry. Would you repeat it? Right. That's all right. When Jesus gave the advice to knock, to seek, he was still alive. He had yet. He was yet to have been crucified. Would you agree with that? That's what is written. Yes. Right. Okay. So then, after the crucifixion, in which you take all disease into your body. And you die for to provide a sinless um, a sinless connection to the Father. Then Peter writes, "You were healed." Well, when were you healed? You were healed when Jesus died with all that sin, with all that disease in his body, all diseases, past, present, and future. He doesn't jump up up on the cross each time somebody gets saved. You know, it's all taken care of. So now, how do you then accept what you've already been given when you're programmed to? continually ask for things so if, you, if I've given you if I've given you a trust fund of of a hundred million dollars and all you need to do is obey mm, abide by the rules of the trust fund yet you continually come to me and say why aren't you giving me any money why right. Daryl yeah I, I, I love your explanation it's it's very good but my question to you is uh, how do you practically give me an example of how okay, so right now, right now, I'm, I've been a, attempting to accomplish a task for the last five days. Mm. And every day I get up, it's like Groundhog Day. Every day I get up, I've written down what needs to be done. I know what the schedule is. And Lucifer being Lucifer, or a, a minion, you know, will cast something in the way. And if you fail to stay with the program, you'll get deterred into something very admirable, however, it's other than what you want. So, it, for instance, what you're going through right now, you have symptoms of the cold, and you can go back to track down when it was. What if you took that energy uh-huh. and put it in, and put it into changing your vibration by saying, I'm already healed, mm-hmm. right? Would that make a material difference uh-huh. in what you're experiencing? Thank you. Daryl, what I will do is after the show, I have time, I canceled all my appointments. That's exactly what I will do. And I will, next week, I will tell you, uh, I will say in the air what what happened. Uh, I am already healed. It's a very good concept. I totally understand what you're saying. And uh, if you put with that, if you put, if you put with that, First Peter 5, 7, casting all my cares. Well, if you have symptoms, and then yeah. you keep the cares of those symptoms, then how are you going to be healed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, to I, totally, I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. It, it, make, it makes sense. It's very, very interesting. It's not 
uh, a new concept and uh, it's many people spoke about it but you said very well explained how how it works very nicely so um, in fact in the past you know I, I unfortunately today today or yesterday I didn't use it for my own benefit but in the past I would say if you if you want let's say to listen to uh, national public radio 93.9 it it exists it's already there but you have to adjust the dial to 93.9 if you just sit and say oh i want to listen to classical music on npr and you don't dial you will not get the music am i understanding correctly absolutely yeah so yeah thank you i will definitely do this i will do it after the show do you want to make a comment uh, since i have you here on the air do you want to make a comment about our seventh fear that that I wanted to talk about? I will be no more, which means one of the, in fact, one of the big fears. But you know, they say uh, the only fear that is greater than fear of death is fear of public speaking. Um, <laughs> yes, it means if you were to be at the cemetery, uh, you would rather be in a coffin than give an eulogy but uh, that's a joke and but in reality fear of death in fact according to psychiatrist irving yalom a great great psychiatrist fear of death is under underlying anxiety and fear of all mental illness whether or not one agrees i would like to hear your your uh look outlook your your take on how people deal and how if you ever dealt with it fear of death fear of being no more yes okay so once again i can speak consciously to that and then i can speak subconsciously to the facts that because because of how I'm dealing with my situation right now. I'm being totally contradictory. So my spiritual practice says over and over and over again. Uh, I'm going to use the negative here. I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to speak English without using negatives. However, in this instance, for time and speed, fear not. Refuse to fear. Refrain from fear. Okay, so why, why would you tell a person that? Well, especially after Jesus dies, you're without sin. You've been reconciled to the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe has everything under uh, the, creator, the creator's power. However, the creator uses you, the individual, to get, it, get the creator's purpose accomplished. So if the individual keeps fear, then the deities by the by the rules is in, encumbered with having to deal with waiting for someone who's willing to do what the creator's telling to do even though factually it looks as if it's a pointless useless terrifying whatever 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 does that make any kind of sense oh well 
uh, Daryl, Gina called, if you, if you heard her speak, uh, yes, just I before you, and she said, I am afraid of the unknown. Um, what would you, I assume then, for, because of your faith, your connection with, uh, with the Gospels, I assume that you have no fear of death, is that right? Consciously, subconsciously, I'm terrified. I won't even go out of the house. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Daryl. You cannot. <laughs> some people say that people say this commonly, but you cannot say sub, what subconsciously you are or you are not. Consciously, you know what you're thinking because your conscious is represented by but your by your uh, perceptual system. You cannot know what you're subconsciously no, uh, feel. You cannot know. That's why it's subconscious. It's beyond conscious awareness. The only way we can connect with our subconscious is we have a whole set of tools, but some, very often a person consciously says, I want this, this, like I, I do uh, mental exercises, if you heard me others, my other shows, where yeah. I say to a person, how, how is your desire to be, how great is your desire to be alive on a scale from one to 10? They say 10, 11. But then when I test them, I do an exercise to find out what their subconscious is. It, the desire to live is one or two. So they do not know. We do not, cannot know what subconsciously you are. I'm interested in how you feel consciously. Because t terrified, I, I don't know. Maybe you're not terrified. How do you know that you're terrified? If it's really subconscious, it's subconscious, underconscious awareness. And we are not in touch. The only way our subconscious mind manifests itself, at times in dreams, at times in, in our actions that we are surprised by, you see? So I want to know, uh, you can call it subconscious, but I want to know how you live day by, li by day and whether your faith helps you to deal with your conscious, uh, what you would call dread of being no more. Did they make my question clear? Yes. The actually the dread is of being, of having to execute currently real time. The the faith if 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 the faith wasn't if my understanding of what I've been given would is would be different, uh -huh. this con this conversation wouldn't be see you did it anyway. This conversation, um I apologize, I have to use the negative again, wouldn't happen. Well, I agree with you about what you're saying. I disagree with, let me, let me rephrase it this way. When I say my subconscious uh -huh. is, is, is in terror, I'm going by the action. If I know that all things are given to me, that I'm totally protected, um, regardless of what my environment is feeding back to me factually, then if I then refuse to go ahead and move through the illusion, and the example I'm going to give to you is one time I was in Thailand in the military, and I had taken some very strong psychedelics. And I was driving down a road, and I was in a truck, and a tiger paw came down in the middle of the road. Very narrow road, sloped down on both sides. I had a choice. Either I drive through the tiger paw, or I run off, the road into a ditch, it'd probably be pretty ugly, and I get in a bunch of trouble. What do I do? I'm driving through the tiger pole. 
Uh-huh. Now, the tiger pole was an illusion brought on more than likely by the psychedelics. However, what I've learned from that experience is that right now, I've been trying, and I'm going to use the word, I've been trying. Listen to the phraseology he's using in order to express what needs to be done. I'm failing to do, I'm trying to do. If you try to do, the doing fails to ever occur. Until I walk through the door. My mother is 102 years old. She lives five flights below where I'm currently staying, and I haven't seen her in three weeks. Oh, God bless her. <laughs> 102. Beautiful. However, unless, unless I take advantage of the tools that Gary Noll has made available between the powders and all that, she's going to be Alzheimer's out before I even get out of the apartment. Mm-hmm. And and I've been given the encouragement by I'm I'm unfamiliar whether you you've ever experienced this. However, when you fail to accomplish a task that you've been given, then the task represent, represents itself again, but it's a little bit more challenging. And that's quote unquote supposed to give you incentive to get it done. Well, <laughs> I'm almost out of food in the house where I'm living. I'm five flights above where I have the food delivered. And I'm refusing to, A, renew my membership in Costco so I can get deliveries again, and a whole bunch of other stuff that's all wrapped up into the little kid inside saying, it ain't safe, it ain't safe, don't fall into it. Uh, Daryl, why cannot you go and get food by on your own? Why do you need to to be delivered? One, because it's economically sound. Two, because I can use the time to do other things when the things go smoothly, or at least that's the hope. Okay. However, what 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 is the benefit of continuing to to take? Unless I mean, and I'm a kind of person that when I go shopping, I like to like walk around in the store, and I like to you know I like to go through the process. The end product is sort of secondary to the process of shopping. Well, uh, right now, I need to devote that time to other things. Okay. I need to... Daryl, I, I just realized something. It's, I really enjoy talking to you, but it's already oh, wow. 2.58, no, no, no. and I have to wrap up <laughs> in the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, I'm looking forward to you being down uh, and helping the folks when they do the retreat. We're looking for a great response from that. And Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much for calling, Daryl. You be well. God bless you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I got uh, so interested in what Daryl has to say, but we actually finished talking about the seven um, fears, existential fears, but the fear of uh, I will be no more. Again, we, there is no death. There is life after life after life. Uh, the best person to read about about the subject is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on life after death. That's she inspired me. She was one of my teachers, not in person, but through her books, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Anyway, thank you for being with me today. I'm looking forward to having your attention next week, next Tuesday at two o'clock. And be happy. Peace to all who live in peace.